The Impact Radio Show with Timothy Moore. News, talk, commentary, and interviews. Insightful, impactful, and engaging. Here's Timo. And welcome to the Impact Radio Show, Portland. It's good to be with you. Thank you for letting us into your listening space. I'm Timothy Moore, a.k.a. Timo, the man of excellence. And I've got to tell you, folks, we're so excited here in the studio because we got a great guest waiting on the line. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. If you love barbecue, if you love meat, and believe me, I'm a meat kind of guy, okay? I don't apologize for it because I love a good steak, a good ribeye, and all of that. But I'll tell you, the first time I tried something called a pecaya, well, let's just say I pretty much had had the, uh, as somebody called it, the queen of steaks. But I think it's more like the king. I don't know because it was the best thing I had ever eaten in my life, seriously. And so... I decided after trying that, I said, you know what, I want to get this guy, Alex Denali, on the show because he is the manager of probably, I would say, the premier Brazilian steakhouse, not just in Portland, but probably in the entire United States. And it's Fogo de Show, everybody. And if you have never been there, you're about to hear about something so magnificent that when you do go... It will be an experience and you will never forget, guaranteed. So, uh, Alex, I think you're out there. So welcome to the Impact Radio Show, friend. Hey, thank you very much, Tim. Thank you for inviting us. Uh, it was nice meeting you in person when you went to Fogo de Chão. And it's nice to talk about it. You know, a lot of people like steaks and salad. And uh, we're right there for something that people usually don't expect. is unlimited, unlimited steak, how you can eat. Yes, all you can eat. And I'll tell you what, this is what we call in America the meat sweats. You know, after you if you've gone, you know, it's like, man, and I'm I'm the kind of guy that's like after I've been there, it'd be like, I'm so happy, man, and satisfied. I just want to lay on the couch and, and <laughs> just it just kind of you know, take in the memory of what just happened. But anyway, uh yeah, I got to say this. The restaurant is an extraordinary place because it's beautiful inside, the motif, it's relaxing, it's comfortable. And I would like to have you share a little bit about how Fogo de Show got its start in Portland. And real quick before you answer, folks, I want to let you know what the website is because during the interview, you might want to go out and check it out. It's Fogo de Show. It's F. O G O D E C H A O dot com. So that's F O G O D E C H A O dot com. Go check it out during the show. And then later after the show, click on the about our story section because there is a wonderful video there. And, and actually, Alex, that video kind of touched me. I was like, man, that, that is a cool story. But how did the restaurant end up in Portland? What's the story there? Well, the first thing is uh, I want to say that uh, it's always nice to have new people that people that never come in, and they usually are so surprised. They usually don't understand a little bit. They're like, what? Are you telling me how you can eat steak? They will never co stop coming. I was like, yes. So that's exactly what everything heard in Brazil. We do not like menus. We don't like to get a menu and choose one dish. I don't know, Tim, if you ever had that feeling when you go to a restaurant, you order something and you're waiting, and the table right next to you got something amazing. You're like, what is that? 
Yeah, why didn't right. I get why didn't I get that one? Let me let me tell you something, Alex. What it is for me is I look at the menu when I go somewhere and it's like, you know, one size fits all meal kind of thing or something. And then I'm yeah, but I want the chicken too, and I want the lamb, I'd like the mm-hmm. beef, I want the right? But that's the great thing about a Brazilian steakhouse. You get to do all that. Yes. And that's why it's very important to let people know that instead of picking and choosing from a menu, you go there, you sit down, and we bring every food available. So that's one thing that usually we we can uh, we can say we're one of the busiest restaurants in Portland in the last few years. Uh, and uh, the, 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 coming back to your question, we opened up in 2014 around May, and it used to be a Nike town. It was Nike town used to be right there. We got the building, we did some remodeling. It's on Sixth Avenue and Salmon Street, uh, right in front of the Hilton Hotel in downtown Portland. And uh, we were looking up to open in Portland for a very long time, but, but we wanted to be in the right location where it was easy for everybody. And we always believe there's a huge opportunity in Portland because people like to go out and eat in Portland. In not only Portland, but let's say Vancouver area, Portland area, everybody's curious and they like to try. And every time you see it, uh, before I moved to Portland, I, I used to watch a lot of videos about Portland, Vancouver, and it was amazing how there's so many uh, so much of a restaurant culture here. People like to go and try different food. So that's one thing that we were very uh, happy to come to Portland. And there is a gra- the, the great dining scene here. So we can always take advantage of hiring the, the, the nice staff, really good staff, and always having fresh food all the time. We call market table. We don't call buffet just because market table is when you have everything fresh. And being Portland, on this location, it gives us the opportunity to get fresh salad and fresh meat every day, every day, or every other day. Yes, I like that market table. That that's a way better term for sure than a buffet. <laughs> you know, the thing is, buffet conjures up images of uh, meatloaf and uh, 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 mac and cheese. <laughs> you know, but in the in yeah. in sort of the cafeteria style. But at uh, Fogo de Show, it's not like that because everything is done very stylistic and and laid out so just amazing and all of that. And what I'd like you to to describe for people, uh, because when you get meat on a saber at your table, <laughs> that's like mm-hmm. for a guy like me, I'm like. Look at that. That's like a steak on a sword. I'm like, how cool is that? You know, that is awesome. So um, if you could describe kind of the dining experience, but I know that with COVID-19, you probably had to make some modifications. So we'll get to that also. But assuming we didn't have the pandemic right now and everything was just normal, what's the dining experience like for somebody the minute they walk in the door? Right. Uh, I'm going to tell you that, everybody that, but I want to backtrack a little bit 40 years ago. Brazil, very rural countryside, South Brazil. That's where everything started. We used to have menus in a la carte, like everybody else, but these four brothers, two sets of brothers, uh, the Ongaratos and the Causers, they were like working in a, in a, in a restaurant and they decided to open up and try something different. That was called uh, the Rodizio style. Rodizio style means everything going to the table. So that's when they started uh, in South Brazil 40 years ago in Porto Alegre, the, cap- the capital of Rio Grande do Sul state. And that's well, it would be very similar to like Alabama, Arkansas state. And they started that and everybody started loving it. 
because they didn't need to choose one dish. So when everybody come back, uh, come into Fogo de Show in Portland or any of the locations we have all over the United States, we have locations in Dubai, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Brazil, they're going to see the same food and same style. They're going to have a seat, and the server is going to explain to them the system. It's going to be, okay, that's the mark table. We have 35-plus salads or hot food there. You can serve yourself as much as you can when you come back to the table. They have a green and a red coaster. Uh, that's very important because when they're red, that means they're not ready for meat. When they go green, that's when the gauchos, the guys, the, the, they butcher, they season, and they serve the meat. And they cook and serve. So those guys are going to be looking for the green uh, uh, coaster on the table, and they're going to offer you meat until you say no. Or what I always recommend people, get two, three pieces, go red, finish those three so it doesn't get cold, and keep going. Some people stay there for three, four hours eating steak. And it's unbelievable. <laughs> wow. And we don't mind. We love that. We love when people like, and it's a healthy food. A lot of people, they go to gym and want to the gym or they want to be healthy. We don't have anything that's like too greasy or anything unhealthy. You know, everything we try to, everything is gluten-free, first of all. And everything else is protein and salad. You know, we have very little carbs. So people that like to watch their their health, that's the place to go to because it's salads and steaks. Yes, and, uh, wow. Now, when they want to take a break, they go red and the meat keeps coming. It's very important that they always tell the, the, the gauchos, the, the guys bringing the meat, what they like or what they don't like. Some people like medium rare, medium, or more well done. Mm-hmm. And also we serve four kinds of meat, chicken, pork, lamb, and beef. There's a big variety. So they, I always recommend people fast for 24 hours before you go to focus. Because, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you're going to eat a lot of food. Yes, and absolutely. Food. Well, and you not know, only about the food. We, uh, we always like to share with them the Brazilian experience. We have Brazilian sodas. We have the Brazilian drinks. We have South American wines, the Malbec. So we try to give them the whole experience. Yes, and I love the fact that it's a continuation of this great tradition, as you just explained, you know, going back 40 years and the two families and all these things. Um, and, and that's what I think is so amazing about it. You get that sense of that history, and it really is just an incredible experience. So um, now with, well, real quick before I ask about the COVID, so how did you become the manager there? So my, my background a little bit, I, I'm from South Brazil. I'm a original Southern Brazilian. And so I grew up with that. When I was 16, I used to work on Sundays uh, serving meat. I would serve, uh, when you start, you start with chicken, sausage, and chicken hearts, something that is very different. We usually don't serve a lot here because people are not used to it, but that's very popular in South Brazil. So I was serving that when I was 16, and I came to the United States to learn English. When I was 19, 20 year old. Uh, I went to Atlanta, Georgia. I went to, uh, my goal was to learn English for a year and go back to Brazil. But then I love it. And I met my, my son's mother. She's from Idaho, from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And we started a family. And I was going to Kennesaw University for business and administration and working at Fogo de Chão. I moved to Fogo de Chão because I had experience on Brazilian Steakhouse as a Gaúcho. And uh, I started there in my early 20s, finished college had all these other plans, and when I was working, I always saw the military guys coming in. A lot of people from the military, uh, uh, law enforcement, and I grew a passion for it. So I joined the Marine Corps when I was 24, 
So I went to uh, San Diego, MCRD. I became a Marine, and for five years I was out of Fogo, and I was in the Marine Corps. I went to Afghanistan, Iraq, and came back. And when I finished my contract, I couldn't re-enlist because I got injured. And I became a, a, a veteran. And that's when I co- went back to Fogo de Chão. I called them. I was like, hey, I think I got some leadership traits now. I learned a lot more about life. And I got my first job back as a gaucho serving the meeting in Beverly Hills, California, where I used to serve a lot of celebrities. Uh, when I see them on movies or TV, I'm like, I know they like picanha well done. I know they like beef ribs medium. You know, I know how they like their chicken. Uh, for example, Bruno Mars, uh, Mick Jagger, all these big stars, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, they all go to Fogo de Show in Beverly Hills all the time. And then from there, I went to Kansas City, Missouri as a system manager. So I was a system manager in Missouri. I love Missouri. It was a great state. And when they opened the job position as a general manager in Portland, Oregon, I applied here because my family is in Coeur d'Alene. So that was easier for me uh, to go to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, from Portland. And I love the Northwest. It's a great area. I like the weather. I like the people. And that's how I became the GM here after a lot of, a lot of road ahead of me. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great story, man. I love that. And, and you know, I want to pause for a minute before we go on with the interview, uh, just to uh, say something to you personally, my friend, because I saw that, that you had been a Marine and that you were uh, a veteran and so on. And, and on behalf of the listeners of the Impact Radio Show, my brother, I just want to say to you, thank you so much for your service. Thank you for uh, serving your country. And thank you for uh, keeping our freedom alive and our way of life, you know, to think about being able in this country to go to a, a restaurant like this because people like you keep us free. And I love that, man. So thank you so much for that. Uh, well, hey, what we got to do now is take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue the interview with Alex Donali. He is the manager of Fogo to Show. Now, am I saying that correctly, by the way? Yes. That, well, if you say very Italian, is Daniele. You know, but you can say Donelli. Okay, and then how about the restaurant? Am I am I butchering oh, that? Fogo de Chão. If you say Fogo de, de Chão, that's Chão. Good Okay, <laughs> you know what? I got to take Portuguese classes or something, my friend. But then, and real quick, I think it means like what? Earth fire or something like that? Fire on the ground. Fire on the that's, ground. Yes. Okay. Like my my father, just really quick. My father, when he cooks barbecue, he makes the fire on the ground and he cooks the meat on top of it. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Well, folks, we got to take a break. When we come back, we will continue our discussion with the manager of Fogo de Chao over in Portland. It's a great restaurant. By the way, it's located at 930 Southwest 6th Avenue in Portland. And I want to encourage you to go check it out. It's going to be a dining experience you will not soon forget. And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Alex, the manager there. And we got to take our break, and we'll be right back here on the Impact Radio Show. And welcome back to the Impact Radio Show, where we're talking about meat here, folks. And uh, what am I doing? I am, like, talking about Brazilian steakhouse, like, and then I'm here in the studio when I don't even have a sandwich. I mean, that's it's pathetic, okay, <laughs> right? But waiting on the line here is Alex. He's the manager of Fogo de Chao, and uh, this is 
such an amazing place, folks. I cannot stress enough. If you have never experienced a Brazilian steakhouse. Now, Alex, my first experience ironically came from about as far away from Brazil as you can get. It was in London, England. Um, But yes, and it was it was fantastic. And so after that, I was just hooked. And uh, like I said, uh, when you've got meat coming on a saber to your table and it's being basically carved to order and all of that, um, it's just terrific. And real quick, I'm kind of curious, like, what's your favorite, like beef, lamb, uh, pork? What is your favorite? My, just before we get there, I should we should have planned better and send you a takeout. Now we're doing takeout, too. I should have sent you some snacks to the radio. Uh, <laughs> Employees, right? <laughs> next time, next time, my brother. Yeah, my my favorite is the picanha. Like I, I, I know you told me you like picanha too. That's a very interesting cut of meat. Uh, it's not very known by uh, people in the United States yet. I know Costco already has. We have it. A lot of places are still is starting to get knowledge about picanha. Is the top of the top sirloin or the cap of top sirloin? Is the cut that people usually don't pay attention. And what we do, we turn around, we make like a C. We skewer and we cut. When we cook that, that part of the, the, the cow, uh, in the, the fat around melts and makes so flavorful. So it doesn't really need to have a lot of seasoning. We usually like only with rock salt, and it's amazing. It's never like, I don't think there is any other meat that tastes like picanha. Oh, it, it's, it, it's sublime because what, what, and here, let me go ahead as a layman and tell people what it's like, okay? Uh, so <laughs> this, the dining experience of picanha is like this. Okay, first of all, yes, you've kind of packed some rock salt on it, and you think, oh, it's going to be oversalted, but it's just not. And uh, what's beautiful is it's got this fat cap on it, everybody. And so, listen, anybody who think fat is bad, no, it's not bad, okay? Because you got to have a little bit of fat in your diet. And then Mm -hmm. when you've got that fat cap over that meat, and then it's just roasting and turning and all of that, and then, uh, you know, so a lot of the rock salt falls off of it and all of that. But enough of it's penetrated that it's not oversalted. The taste is incredible. It's, it's beefy and just delicious with that. As you said, the fat is kind of dripped around on the meat. And uh, wow, I mean, it is an experience. Now, prior to pecaya, my favorite steak was the classic ribeye. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I will tell you something. It's made a believer out of me, and uh, I've even <laughs> tried to make it on my own grill on a rotisserie. So, yeah, and I remember you went to get our butcher shop now, right? That uh, yeah, that, butcher shop now. That's right. And actually, we need to let people know that as well because they can purchase meat from the restaurant also to bring home. Um, that's not cooked. Is that correct? Yes. What's going on is very interesting nowadays. Uh, since we, we went through a lot of changes, the butcher shop and the takeout was something new. But now people can go eat, have a full meal, and they can be like, hey, I really like this heart of palm. I never had it before. My mom and dad couldn't come in. I like the picanha. I like this. We can sell all the food, including all the salads or drinks, and uh, put in the bag. And they take, can take home, and they can go online and get the recipes and make a home. Yeah. So that's something mm. that people are loving it to do. To, to try. Everybody's trying to be a master chef in their own house. <laughs> that's true. 
Yes, well, you got a foodie culture. And as you said earlier in the first segment, Portland has become a culinary destination. It's certainly becoming known for that. I mean, more than we would like it to be more than rioting, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's a terrific city for, for food culture now, whether it's Vietnamese food or mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, the, the any kind of Latin food or anything like that. It's just terrific out there. Uh, but Brazilian. Uh, Go ahead. And I'd like to just mention uh, the fraldinha, the bottom sirloin is also really good. It has like a marbling. They like you said, the fat is not all bad. And the fat has a little strips of fat that go around. Uh, of course, the ribeye is very popular. The filet mignon. Uh, now we have the porterhouse. There's a lot of people loving it. And we have a la carte, the dry-aged tomahawk. Mm. We have we have this amazing dry-aged. A lot of people are big fans of dry-aged steak. They know the quality. And they wagyu. Wagyu is a brand new segment. They just come out a few years ago. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard about it, but uh, Wagyu, uh, the, most of the cows are in Japan. So they, they, they're raised in a different way. They only eat a certain kind of grass, and they get massaged since day one they're born. They're born getting massaged every day. So when you eat the Wagyu, it's something you, will, you can never stop. It's unbelievable. It's a totally different grade of meat. Yes, and then and and wagyu I'm familiar with, and of course, then there's there's also an American wagyu, and, and also popular is what comes from Australia and so on, mm-hmm. um, and it's terrific. And as you said, it's because it's a very specialized process for how it's raised, it's regulated, and uh, wow, I mean, I would love to try that over there at the restaurant as well. And Tim, when we tell people that the cows get massaged from day one, they're like, how can I sign an application to be a Wagyu? <laughs> yes, exa- right, exactly. <laughs> Except eventually you're going to end up on my plate. So maybe the end of that for you is not so great. It's great for me because I'm eating it. Yeah. But <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, now, uh, so of course we're talking about the meat side, but we talked briefly a little bit about the salad side and all of the uh, uh, kind of things that you can get at, uh, what did you call it, the market? <laughs> the market table? Yeah, yeah the, the market, market table. table. Yeah, we try to have uh, different salads. We, we, we're we very careful with uh, allergies. We have a guide for everything. So people with any special diet or dairy or something, nothing has peanuts. There's a really good deal. Uh, the cheese bread comes to the table, and it's really good. The cheese bread, the fried polenta, the, the banana. Uh, they come out, out on the table when they offer you. Make sure you say yes. Mashed potato. The feijoada. Feijoada is a very interesting dish. It's a bean. In the past in Brazil, the, the, like 200 years ago, they used to, the farmer owners, they used to eat the best meat and send the rest of the not popular meat to the, to the workers. So the workers start making these Brazilian beans with the, the different kind of meats and cook with it. And, they, and one time they tried, and they switched around. They're like, you know what? This is so good. We're actually sending, they start sending the workers the good meat and keeping the not-so-popular ones. And that's what feijoada has a whole history about it. We like to mix with uh, rice and farofa. Farofa is an amazing mixer with uh, feijoada and white rice. So there's so many variety on the market table that people usually have a hard time to eat everything if, they, if they're not prepared. They're not fasting. They're not going there without eating so much before well it's good to explain that the experience at fogo de chao is going to be like uh 
you got to go back two or three times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, folks, let me just explain also because uh, these these kind of side dishes, for lack of a better way to put it, but they're not really side dishes. I mean, they're just part of the whole experience. But talking about the fried polenta or the cheese bread or the mashed potatoes. Okay, folks, I just got to tell you something, all right? I've tried all of this. And the beans, as he just described, you know, Alex, okay, those I'm telling you, those aren't just any kind of mashed potatoes, okay? They are so good that your mind is just going to go to a place that's never been before, but it's a happy place, believe me. And your heart is going to fall in love with this food. It's just, as I said, sublime. The taste... What was your favorite? What, what were your favorites? I particularly liked the, the mashed potatoes for sure because the way they were so creamy and all of that. And I loved that cheese bread. I couldn't get enough of that. As I was starting to eat it, I'm just like, you know, I'm not really a bread guy, but this could make me eat bread. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was super good. And... Uh, that was the time when I had the the appetizers, uh, when the Brazilian class was there, and I was there with my friend. Oh, okay. yeah, um, yeah. But that was, uh, yeah, just terrific. So, um, and and actually, you know, eating in the restaurant and experiencing it, I have not yet been able to do because of COVID nineteen, unfortunately. And so, I'm planning to get down there now that you're back open and all of that. But let's shift gears a little bit because the the COVID nineteen. When it hit, the first thing I want to ask you is, how did you manage to make the shift and the transition to get through all of that before you reopened? Well, we have a really good team. We we have a really united team throughout uh, countries and states that were open. It was amazing. We when everybody started shutting down in, in the second week of March, we had this meeting, and our team was able to come up with a takeout and delivery menu in 24 hours. So that's when we switched all the operations to takeout and delivery. It was something totally new for us. But it was really successful. We went through Mother's Day, Easter, with only takeout and delivery. And it was so many people. We have the options to people for people to cook at home or already cook. And I was I was amazing how, how this market the people were always asking us to have that. We we didn't have it before. But now that was a great way that we, we were able to stand up on your on our feet. And also with COVID, we start having a lot of meetings, and the safety of all the guests and the team members, there's something that we don't save enough efforts. We try the best we can. We have amazing results. Everybody has been safe. Uh, we make sure we explain to the guests about the, the how important it is, the face mask, how uh, each state, each county has their own rules. So we try. We always follow what the health department talks to us. We're really close to every department we can talk to. And we de- de- developed something called the 12 Safety Promises. It's in our website, the one you said, too, com, And you can find we have more safety measures than what CDC or any county or state require. So we, that, when we spread out all those uh, 12 Safety Promises and we, we had all the training uh, the sanitation, we cha- we're buying the top-notch premium uh, products that we can for cleaning supplies. And that's when we were able to open with uh, really good success. And we've been having amazing uh, return. A lot of people are coming back. Uh, now our we have a better issue that making sure we can keep 
enough people inside because we have a limitation like every business. So that's a good thing. You know, we got to just manage that because there's so many people that are tired to eating at home. They were eating at home for, what, three months in Portland, Oregon. Now they want to go out and eat. They want to try something different. So that's why making sure the training and keeping out the 12 promises is something that's really been good. And uh, the market table was the thing. A lot of restaurants that had buffet style never came back. But in Brazil, going back to our roots, we didn't have market table either back in the 70s. So what we did, we looked up our past, and we used to offer the salads like the meat. So now we have the option, too. Any guest will feel like a queen and the queen, a king and the queen. They're going to sit down. We're going to offer all the salads. Or now we cannot take them on the self-service, but we can have a market table chef uh, that will go with them to the market table. They'll point it out. I want one of those broccolis. I want one of those uh, cauliflowers. I want one of the beans. And they will serve it for you. So we adapt really quick. And that's how we, we have been able to have our staff. We have a great team. And we... We're always hiring people. Yes, and you guys have adapted very well to all of that. That's terrific. I mean, uh, you know, this COVID thing, it really dealt a blow to a lot of people in the restaurant business and people having to be furloughed and losing their jobs and and in the service industry. Uh, I love the fact that you guys uh, have this real just a heart for your employees and and the safety for your customers and all of that that's terrific and i really want our listeners to hear that because when you go to fogo to show everybody you're going to get a great experience but you're going to get a safe experience as well and so that is really fantastic well we got to take another break when we come back we'll continue our discussion with alex denali who is the manager of Fogo de Show, the best Brazilian steakhouse in the United States, and the beautiful city of Portland has that right here. So we're going to talk all about that when we come back and continue to learn what is just so special about Brazilian barbecue right here on the Impact Radio Show. We'll be right back. Hi, folks. This is Timothy Moore, Timo. I want to thank you so much for listening to the show today. I sure enjoy being with you each and every day on the air. In order for me to continue bringing great content to the show, I need to ask for your generous financial support. To support this artistic expression of free speech, it's easy. Just go to my website, theimpactradioshow.com. That's theimpactradioshow.com. Click on the link to support the show, and there you will go to the GoFundMe page where you can make your support and contribution. Thank you so much for keeping me on the air with your financial blessing. Yes, indeed, everybody. Welcome back to the Impact Radio Show, where I got my dancing shoes on because we are talking about the beautiful culture of Brazil with regard to the food culture of Brazil, and that would be Brazilian barbecue, among other things. But I got to say that uh, Fogo de Show is an amazing restaurant in Portland, folks, and if you have never been there, I encourage you to go there. And we're talking to Alex Denali, the manager of Fogo de Show, and uh, we are learning all about why this is not an opportunity you want to pass up. And I want to encourage you to go to the website, everybody. It is F-O-G-O-D-E-C-H-A-O.com, Fogodeshow.com. Okay, go there. But look, if you missed all that, just Google 
uh, Portland's Brazilian Steakhouse. It's going to come right up. I guarantee you that. All right, Alex, uh, you know, I want to shift gears a little bit and ask you kind of what's your favorite part of the whole business? Right. Yeah. The first thing are people. We love, if you ever get the opportunity or anybody listening, they go to Brazil, you're going to see how we like hospitality. Uh, It's like when you go to any tourist city, uh, we are like that in Brazil. We like to have people in our house. We love, we like to barbecue. You're going to eat a lot of food. Like if you go to my house, my family would never stop offering food. And if you say no, they may be a little upset with you. So it's a, uh, you know, it's a lot of that. We like that. We have the tradition, the culture of offering, offering things and feeding people. And also the other thing is that the company has this new, uh, no kid hungry. We always have something helping the community. So right now is the no kid hungry. So every time you go to Fogo, you can ask how to help. We have helped fed over over eight million kids in the United States. So those are a few things that we uh, I love about the company. I love I love about the business. When you work in a serious business, that always make sure you help the community. Uh, when everything happened in March, we start helping out the hostels, clinics in Portland. Uh, we were helping out the employees that we, we couldn't have them uh, working anymore. We were helping uh, any community that asked for help. We always donate a lot of uh, dinners, uh, combos to any uh, nonprofit. So the ability to help the community is one of the things that I love. The other thing is coming from the, the Marine Corps, and I, I work a little bit uh, at the crime lab uh, in Washington State before, too. Uh, I wanted to work with happiness. When you work with happiness, your personal life is happy. So it's pretty much like you working on the radio. You're making people happy. You're entertaining people. And that's one thing that we love. Uh, we like the restaurant business because people go there. They're a little bit sad because they're hungry. But as soon as they, as soon as they start eating, they get that smile on their face. And the they color change. They're so happy. And when they're full, they're so thankful and they're happy. And that's what we love about it. Uh, you know, the business, we can do that. Also sharing the, the, the culture, the, the cuisine, something different. And we know we're, we're feeding people with healthy food, food that we have protein, we have salads, we have a lot of vitamins. So that makes anybody really happy to know we're doing something good. Oh, you know, wow. because when you feed something that's not healthy, I never did that before, but it must be a bad feeling. You know? <laughs> uh, well, I'll guarantee you that happiness is floating into my body right through my nose the minute I walk <laughs> in the door. Yeah. I'm like, and then I just kind of flutter like a butterfly floating to the table. Oh, you know, the angels and everything. It's like, wow, I know that I'm about to like have a fantastic experience, which, by the way, folks, is best shared with friends and family. And Alex, I, I love what you said, because the sense of the Brazilian community and family and like you said, if you come to my house, you're going to eat kind of thing. And that's what it's like. You know, you go to the restaurant, it's like you're coming to your family and you're going to eat. And it's a really terrific experience. I, I love that. And I I love the fact that the Brazilian culture is so rich and vibrant and a people that are uh, just so alive and the music and, and just everything about the culture is just wonderful. I have uh, met a lot of people from Brazil, and of course the Portuguese language is a romance language and, and all of that, and it's just a wonderful thing. And, it, and I think... Know, no, go ahead. One thing is, one thing is important. 
uh, a lot of us, uh, like my dad, he, he immigrated with his dad, my grandfather from Italy. We have a lot of uh, European descendants in South Brazil. And uh, pretty much, if, if people don't know a lot of Brazilians, if they relate to the Italians, Portuguese, that's where everything comes from, you know, from, from that spirit. And uh, my son, my son is 14-year-old, and uh, two weeks ago he had a friend over at my house, and I was like, did you offer him food or something to drink? He's like, no, Dad, we're playing. I was like, no, you got to offer your friend food and drink. Make him eat. Make sure he eats so he doesn't tell his mom that you, he didn't eat anything here. So it's something that, and I was thinking, I was like, maybe, you know, I got to teach my son how to do that. Whenever somebody comes to your house or your business, you got to offer something to drink or eat. You know, that's the minimum we got to do is hospitality. Yes, and that's it. That's the key word, hospitality. And you're in the hospitality industry, and you are uh, somebody who's passionate about food and and about uh, the great experience for people, uh, not only in your personal life. Like you said, they come to your house, and you want to make sure, hey, you know, I want you to leave and leave happy kind of thing, and, and definitely not hungry for sure. Um, I, and I love that because, again, the flavor of that and the way of thinking, that mentality, that heart is really beautiful, and it comes through in how uh, the restaurant is as an experience. But, but, brother, it comes through also because that is your personal passion, and I love that. And I, I really want to just say, you know, hats off to you and kudos because – you know, from the moment I met you, I would say that I could see very clearly that you are passionate about what you do. That it's not just a job. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah, correct. It's like it's my house, uh, and you're my you're my guest. You're my everybody there is our friends, our guests, and that's how we want to make sure everybody that works there treat everybody coming in. Because uh, I think the world that we're living now. We need more hospitality, not only in restaurants, not only in our houses, everywhere. We need to have more hospitality everywhere. That's very true. And I believe that food culture helps to bring people together and to celebrate and to be able to love one another and so on and so forth. And I am super excited about that because for me as well, I grew up in the food service business. My parents owned a catering business. And oh, wow. I have, uh, for years, had a love for the business of food. Now, it's kind of strange how one's journey goes in their life. Like you shared your, your story of how you became uh, passionate about the food and the restaurant and all of that and learning business and everything. My story is a little similar, except uh, I wanted to go and be a professional chef and go to culinary school. I ended up going mm -hmm. to seminary instead and becoming a minister. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar, huh? You know, um, but still, it was about loving people, basically, and loving food and all of that. So, um, I, you know, I'm no longer a minister, but I uh, still have that passion for food. And it's uh, always been my belief that any time that you can uh, engage with food and hospitality and community and bringing people together, you're just going to help to raise the the heart for everybody and what they're feeling and that's that's not a bad thing that's going to be great for the community now you mentioned that uh, you at at folk of the show and and uh the 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 core value that you have for giving back to the community i think that is super amazing i want to commend uh you and uh, the whole restaurant across the country for that kind of thinking 
to give back to the community. I think that is terrific. And folks, I want you to hear that is reason enough for you to go and patronize this amazing Brazilian steakhouse, Fogo de Show. Now, um, Alex, I got to... Uh, just want to ask you a little bit more about uh, just Brazilian culture in general. Okay. Um, why why do Brazilians just love meat so much? What's that about, man? I mean, you know, because because I've known a lot of Brazilians and they always tell me, oh, I love meat, you know. And and, and here's the thing: we Americans say we love meat, but you Brazilians <laughs> are like, we love meat, you know. So what what is that about, man? I I believe it's because. Uh... Brazil has become more of a city country 30, 40 years ago. We were always rural, very country. And every Sunday, we would get together with the families. And the easy thing, we have a lot of cows, a lot of animals, a lot of farmers. Everybody's in Brazil, like my, my family, they have three, four cows. They have five, six pigs, uh, 10, 20 chickens for our family. So that's very normal. And then what we do to celebrate something, we barbecue. So my dad gets up in the morning, 5, 6 a.m. He makes a, a hole in the ground. He puts the, the, the wood, the charcoal. He starts cooking the meats very slow. You know, it's something that in our culture that we know every weekend we're going to have barbecue. There is no way around. There is no spaghetti. There is no rice and beans only. It's always a barbecue. That's the reason for celebration. And there's a... I think everybody in Brazil reminds it as a, a sign of happiness to have a barbecue, you know. And I know in the United States, too, a lot of people are linked to barbecue. There's even championships here in Portland, in Oregon, that we uh, I know about it, that people do, do barbecue. So it's something that I think we have very similar, but we are more focused on the steak. You know, like here, people like hot dog or hamburgers. We know we like the picanha. We like the cut. I think that's usually the biggest difference. Yes, absolutely. No, that's very true, though, what you said about how we've got these cooking contests and and whether you're like Texas and you're into the brisket or it's Kansas City barbecue ribs or, uh, you know, whatever it's going to be. But uh, the experience, and I want people to understand, when we talk about barbecue, there's, there's an American understanding of what barbecue is. But this is Brazilian barbecue, folks. This is an experience that is not going to be like you expect, okay? This is not your uh, necessarily like your Texas-style barbecue or something like that. This is going to be very distinctly Brazilian. I mean, it's going to be an experience where if you want to know what it is like in the Brazilian culture and the cuisine and the food of the Brazilian culture, you need to go to Fogo de Show because this place is going to give you a crash course <laughs> and multiple courses of meat on swords, mm-hmm. no less. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty awesome. Well, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion with the manager of Fogo de Show, Alex Denali, who is just a terrific man. This guy's got a gleam in his eye for what he does at this restaurant, folks. And we're going to continue to talk about it when we come back right here on the impact radio show and welcome back to the impact radio show where that music makes me see 
fire on a stick with meat stuck on it as well. And <laughs> I love that. And so, folks, if you're just joining us, you've missed, like, a great experience already on the show. But we are talking about Brazilian barbecue and a great restaurant in downtown Portland at 930 Southwest 6th Avenue. And it's Fogo to show, everybody. It's a Brazilian steakhouse that is an experience that is just beyond amazing. And... We've got Alex Denali, the manager over there, who has uh, just been talking up this restaurant and telling us all about Brazilian culture and everything. Uh, so, Alex, welcome back to the show. I want to um, a- uh, ask you a little bit about, you know, we've talked about meat, we've talked about the salads and all of those things, um, but there's also adult beverages. <laughs> you have a terrific uh, wine selection there. My friend, I've never seen, I, I don't know if it's like the world's largest wine rack or what, but when I saw that waiting for you to wrap up my picaya, I was going to take home to cook on my grill. I looked up and saw the immense size of that. And I was like, that is unbelievably amazing. So, and I'm kind of a wine guy and I love all that. So, uh, Let's talk a little bit about that. So the the wine pairings and the uh, just the, the beverages that are available and all of that, because uh, it's not just about the food; it's also about the drink as well. Yeah, and I, I always like to talk about wine. Something very complicated to talk about it because when you work in the industry, you learn that everybody has a different taste, and when you really study wine, you learn that people will have different palates. Sometimes the Cabernet Sauvignon or Malbec it's going to taste different for me than it's for you. It's never going to be the same taste. So it's very interesting to learn. Uh, so we have a lot of wine lovers. They come in, they know what they like. They've been drinking wine their whole life. They already sat, but there is always the, the wine beginners. Uh, and those are the ones that we love to talk about wine and introduce new wines. I usually recommend a, a Cabernet or a Merlot to somebody that's beginning uh, to drink wine. Uh, but the Malbecs is my favorite. When you eat red meat and you drink a little Malbec, that's amazing. That's a whole totally new, different experience. But when you drink a Malbec, you got to be a little bit more of a medium to advanced wine drinker. So that's why we train our staff to understand all that, where people are. There are some people that love uh, Moscatos. They want to have their Moscato Umberto Fiori or any other with uh, their steak, and we can respect that. You know, that's not something we recommend, but if they love it, we have it. We have a huge wine cellar, uh, probably more than 100 different bottle wines that we sell. There's uh, more than 80 different drinks we can make. So that's the part that we love, is to make sure people are happy, they're drinking what they love, and also we like to make suggestions, like the caipirinhas, the Brazilian popular drink. Uh, we mix different fruits with cachaça. Cachaça is a Brazilian rum made of sugar cane. It's, by itself, is not as great. It's like a tequila, a little bit stronger, in my opinion. But when you mix with fruit, it's amazing. You can have five and don't even notice that you drink alcohol. Oh, now, you know, so this is a Christian radio station. People are like, don't promote alcohol, Tim, you know, whatever. But I'm just going to tell you flat out that when you muddle that lime with that sugar and then you put that Brazilian rum in there and all of that, it's 
sublime as well. I mean, it's it's a great experience, and um, I think it is true that the in the culinary world today, there's kind of a breaking with the convention and tradition of, for example, a red wine with a with a red meat or something like that. And it is very cool that you have such a great selection that you know, of course, people can just have what they want and so on, but. Um, that's very cool that you're training the staff as well to become educated in all of that because, yeah, the palate is different for every person, but kind of having a sense of what pairs well with what and so on. Um, so, uh, Tim, don't, don't forget, we so Sundays, uh, whenever the, before March, before COVID, Sunday was super busy after church. People yes. We line up to Fogo after church. And then we have the Brazilian sodas, the Guarana. is a berry from the Amazon jungle that helps you to digest. So you can eat a lot, and that helps you. And the Brazilian lemonade also is designed to help you digest the food. So on Sundays, the lemonade and Guarana are like crazy people drinking because they want to try to eat as much as they can. So Guarana is amazing to help you on that. And I, I, we love it. It's so beautiful to see people coming after church on Sundays. And we love that. It's just a, a very happy day for us. Yes, absolutely. And that's a great point because uh, Christians love to eat and they like to spend money. So I'm telling you, folks, you need to go there, <laughs> spend money, eat, be happy, you know, be merry, do all of those things and forget the seven deadly sins with regard to any of that, because you're, it's not sinful. You're going to be so happy. And uh, God wants you to be happy. That's what I will say. So, yeah, it's uh, it's great, man. Tim, I don't want to forget, uh, we do have uh, private rooms that we do weddings. Uh, people have a wedding reception. There is church meetings that we, we do there. We have these private rooms, uh, business meetings. We have uh, TVs so they can show whatever they want to show. Uh, uh, there's kids' uh, baby dedication. People baptize their kids and they go to Fogo. So we have all these deals that people can call us and we can talk about the private room so, you know, their families together. Uh, of course, we have some guidelines we got to follow right now, uh, but we are going to make sure they are aware of every single detail that what we can and what we cannot do. So it's something that we love to do, weddings, uh, receptions, all that. is a really good place for that. And also, I want to, since you said it's a Christian uh Focus radio station. Any church group, any nonprofit listening. If you if you do silent auction or any of that, please give us a call. We're always more than happy to help any church, any group, church, any nonprofit with awards, so they can do their silent act auction or do their fundraisers. Yes, and so that would be good for me then to give the phone number, folks, for Fogo to show, and if you're interested in uh, doing, you know, one of your events, having it hosted there or whatever, and of course they're going to observe the whole COVID-19 process with the social distancing mask and all that, and they'll help you with all that. The phone number is 503-241-0900. That's 503-241-0900. Zero nine zero zero. All right. Now, uh, remember also the website is fogodeshow.com, but that's F-O-G-O-D-E-C-H-A-O.com. Well, we're getting close to the close of the show, Alex, but uh, uh, just again, uh, explain for people who have never, ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse just in just like the last two minutes here. Uh, tell them what you will experience when you, they walk in the doors at Fogo de Show. 
when they walk in the door, first thing is going to be huge hostility, smiles everywhere, even under the mask. And when they sit on the table, they're going to be explained how the more than 15 meats are going to be served to them. They can eat as much as they can. And they're gonna, we're going to explain how they can eat out more than 35 different salads and hot dishes as much as they can. They just got to be patient to understand the process because they may be too amazed. Oh, my, how am I going to fit all that in my little body, right? And so just <laughs> listen to the servers, listen to the staff, and they're going to walk you through the steps. And we're always there for you for any questions. And your servers, you called them gaiachos. Is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Yeah, the servers that bring the drinks and explain the table, those are servers, but the gauchos, they're uh, the people that they butcher, they prep, and they season, and they cook, and they serve the meat on the table. Okay, those they are the meat the, guys. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the meat meat servers, yes. We have two. We have a huge staff that we can make sure everybody has a very fast service all the time. Yeah, that's terrific. And um, so the way a lot of it is cooked, it's over open flame, like, like wood fires, is that correct? Yes, we can have two ways. We have with open fire, and we also we have a grill with the automatic fire. Uh, so we always make sure we have something with a, uh, we call raw fire, it's going straight to the meat. And that's how we cook is, a, uh, how do you say, it's like going around the meat, the fire, cooking in the, in the we call rodizzi style. Oh, one thing I want to make sure, if you like any steak sauce, make sure you ask for Because in Brazil, we don't like steak sauce. We feel like when you put a steak sauce, you lose the taste of the meat. Yes, I call that steak ruining sauce, yes, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I know some people love it, so make sure if you like that request. But uh, it's very important that you go to Fogo de Chão before you, when you're not eating for at least five to ten hours. Don't yeah. Okay. Have a little meal before you go to Fogo. That's the most important advice. Okay. So, so everybody, just so we're clear, like observe the fasting, and then when you break fast, then go over to Fogo to show, and you will uh, just fill up on all these meats and salads and everything, and your favorite drink, and you're gonna be super happy when you leave. In fact, they might have to roll you out of the door because you will be so full, but you will be full and happy. Well, folks, we've got to get on out of here. The restaurant is Fogo de Show. The website is fogodeshow.com. It's F-O-G-O-D-E-C-H-A-O.com. If you missed that, just go ahead and Google Portland's Brazilian Steakhouse. It's going to come up. The phone number is 503-241-0900. And if you missed any of that, okay, just get in touch with me at theimpactradioshow.com. Just email me or whatever, and I'll send you the information. Okay, folks? Alex, it's been great to have you, and uh, I'm looking forward myself to coming over to Fogo to show. And when I do, i got to take a photo with you because you're not here in studio to do that with me. And uh, then we'll post that up on Facebook and all of that. Um, we're going to re-air this, everybody, at 7 o'clock. So if you missed part of the show and you want to hear it again, it'll be at 7 o'clock and tomorrow at 6 a.m. also. And then, of course, I'll have the podcast up later tonight, and I'll post that out on Facebook. Well, everybody, remember, just like Alex, inside of you is the unlimited capacity to do great things. That's what Alex is doing, and that's what this restaurant, Fogo to Show, is doing right here in downtown Portland. Well, you folks take care, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Impact Radio Show. You've been listening to the Impact Radio Show with Timothy Moore. 
Keep the conversation going on Facebook and Twitter at The Impact Radio Show. Visit the show's website, theimpactradioshow.com. The Impact Radio Show, heard Monday through Friday, 4 p.m., right here on KKPZ, 1330, The Truth.